Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Bow down your heads and let us praise. Thank you, Jesus. Yabo Shiraya Yabawa Sendra presence is here. Jesus. We thank you that you have made a new and a living way into your presence for us. Amen. Through Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Jesus. We are grateful to you Father for everything that you have done and all that you continue to do in our lives. Amen. We thank you that we have an opportunity to hear your word. This morning, we invite your Holy Spirit yet again to touch us and to help us to receive everything that you have prepared for us. We open our hearts up unto you. 
we submit ourselves to the authority of your word. Yes, we pray for a spirit of revelation. Yes, and we pray that our lives will be affected today in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus a mighty hand clap, everybody. God bless you and you Let may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, it's good to see all of you today. And throughout this month, we have been looking at different things in relation to our assignment on earth. For about two weeks, I shared with you reasons for our salvation. Or other reasons for our salvation. And last week, we were blessed to have a man of God, a servant of God, a friend of this ministry to share with us. About the connection between our blessings and our fruitfulness. Now, this morning, I want to, as it were, bring a closure to that line of teaching for now. And I'm going to share with you something to help you and I to be fruitful. And so I'm going to share with you a biblical strategy for fruitfulness. A biblical strategy for fruitfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when it's all said and done, and when we stand before our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on that day called the judgment day it is my hope and my expectation that our Lord Jesus will be pleased with us. And that each and every one of us will hear him say these precious words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I long to hear those words from him. How many would like to hear him say those words? And I believe he will. Amen. I said I believe he will. Amen. If we will strive to do the things that will make him find great pleasure in us. I am convinced that one of the things that will make us qualified to hear these words spoken to us is if you and I will become fruitful. If you and I will bear a lot of fruits. Look at John 15, 16 which is a scripture we've looked at before. I mean, this past couple of weeks, I believe that it's a scripture that we have referred to. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruits and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever he shall ask of the father in my name he may give it you hallelujah amen i said hallelujah amen and so in this singular verse of scripture of course supported by other verses of scripture 
we can see that you and I have an assignment to fulfill. And I trust that by now, every one of you is convinced about your God-given assignment. And what is this assignment? That we should bear fruit. That we should bear fruit. That you and I should be fruitful. Hallelujah. Amen. And I tell you something, my friends. A day will come when it will become clear to each and every one of us that these things that we heard were true. That there was actually a charge on our lives that we were supposed to keep. A charge to bear fruits. A charge to affect other lives. I have said to you, my friends, that the fruits we are talking about here do not have to do with normal fruits as we know them or physical fruits as we know them. But we are talking about fruits of souls. We are talking about fruits of human beings. And what is God's expectation for us? That after saving us, you and I will cooperate with him and work with him to save other souls and to reach out to other people. Hallelujah. Amen. There are people whose salvation depends on you and I. And God wants us to win souls. God wants us to help to establish people in his house. God wants us to be salt and light in this world. To affect the world around us. To add a certain savor to the world. And to let our light shine to affect this world. Hallelujah. Amen. And may your light shine brightly in this life. Amen. And may you have a positive effect on many other lives. Amen. Through you may many souls be saved. Amen. Through you may many others be established. Amen. Through you may people find direction for their lives. Amen. Through you may people find purpose for their lives. Amen. And through you may many others find Jesus. Amen. Shout aloud, Amen. Amen. Now, how can we really be fruitful? Because we've said it over and over again that we must bear fruits. We've said it over and over again that God is counting on us to be fruitful. But how can we actually be fruitful? And the purpose of this sermon is to show you one of the biblical strategies for fruitfulness. That means we want to look at examples from the scriptures that will help us to see how you and I can be fruitful. And so what I'm doing today is I am teaching. I'm not really preaching. Because there is a difference. There's a difference between preaching. Basically, the preaching is to encourage and to motivate. But the teaching is to impart knowledge and understanding that will help you to take certain important steps for your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And I've come to see and to believe that in the Bible, when you look at the early church and what God did with them, this is the church that we read about in Acts of the Apostles. And then we also read about them 
in some of the letters that were written to the churches. There's a certain pattern we see that I believe is supposed to guide us and help us to be fruitful in this life. And I've come to see that in the early church, church was at two levels. Church was at two levels. Level number one. We'll see that there was the large public gathering of believers and of Christians. So there were large meetings where a lot of people will gather. Sometimes they gathered at the temple. Other times they gathered at other places. So that is one level of church. Where you have a large gathering of people. And that is something that all of us are familiar with. But apart from that. There is yet another level of church work. And there's another level of church which has to do with smaller meetings of believers in people's homes. So you had the larger gatherings of people but there were also small gatherings of people. And this was often in people's homes. And it was seen as an important aspect of the church work. Let me prove this to you. And I want us to look at some scriptures. Acts chapter 1 verse 15. Acts one fifteen. It says during this time. When about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. Now take note of this part of the scripture where it talks about how 120 believers were together in one place. One hundred and twenty Christians had gathered in one place. So that's a lot of people, is that not so? And they had gathered in one place. And that is the idea of a church that most of us are familiar with. A lot of people haven't gathered in one place. Acts chapter 2 verse 46. It says they worship together at the temple each day. They worship together where? I didn't hear you. At the temple each day. But that was not only it. It continues to say that they met at homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Right here in this verse, we see that not only did they meet in the temple, but they also met in homes. They had the large gatherings in the temple and in other places. But there were also smaller gatherings in homes. In people's homes. Acts chapter 5 verse 42. It says, and every day in the temple and from house to house. So look at it again. It talks about the temple. Which was usually the place for the larger gatherings of the people. But it didn't just end there. 
It talks about how they met from house to house. What did they gather to do? The Bible says they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. And so they gathered in the temple and they also gathered in homes to preach the word of God to study the word of God to fellowship with one another to break bread and to pray it happened as large gatherings and it also happened as small gatherings hallelujah Amen. I am proving something to you from the scriptures Acts chapter 12 reading verse 11 and 12 Acts 12 11 to 12 the Bible says Peter finally came to his senses. The background to the story was that Peter had been arrested. Not long after Herod had killed James by the sword. And he realized that it excited the people. Anybody who is excited by the death of another person is not well. And anybody who is excited when another person is harmed or hurt or destroyed is sick. And in those times, there was a lot of madness. I mean, they were excited at the death of other people. Herod caught James and killed him by the sword. And the people shouted, And when he saw that they were happy about it, he decided that let me do the same to Peter. Because they were like the main leaders in the church at that time. So he arrested him and put him in prison. But God sent an angel to rescue him. Whenever you find yourself in a difficult situation, may God send an angel to rescue you and deliver you. May God deliver you from the expectation of your enemies. Amen. May God draw you out of the traps of your enemies. Those who seek for your downfall and your destruction, may God deliver you from their hands. May their expectation never come to pass. May their ex- may their Plans and their intentions be disappointed. And may God confuse them. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Bible says Peter finally came to his senses. He said, It is really true. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod. And from the Jewish leaders who had planned. To save and save me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. Now, look at what happened. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary. Where did he go? The home of Mary, who was the mother of John Mark. And it says, where many were gathered for prayer. They had gathered for prayer where? In Mary's home. Not in the temple. Not in the church. Not in the tabernacle. But they had gathered in a home. In somebody's home. To pray. So you can see a certain pattern evolving. That there was church in the temple. Or church that involved a large gathering of people. At a particular location. 
But it did not only end there. We see example upon example of believers gathering not in the church but in homes. Acts chapter 20, verse 19 to 20. I said, I am teaching. Is that not so? I'm not preaching, I'm teaching. And I'm trying to impart a certain knowledge and get you to see something. Because if you can get what I am showing you, if you can get what I'm teaching you, I believe that it will help you to be fruitful. And it will show you how you can be fruitful. Acts 20. 19 to 20 verses. Peter was about to, I beg your pardon, Paul was about to go on a journey. And so he had met with the leaders of the people. And he spoke to them to encourage them before he departed. He said to them, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear. Now take note of this. Either publicly or in your homes. Either publicly or in your homes. What was he saying here? That when we met as a large gathering in, in a certain location openly and publicly I ministered to you and when you gathered in homes and I was privileged to be there with you I also shared certain things with you so I shared with you in the large public gatherings and I also shared with you in the smaller meetings in people's homes. Romans 16 verse 5. Somebody said, hey, today pastor, the scriptures are many. Where else should we read the scriptures? At the disco? Or at the pub? It must be read in the church. And so we are reading the holy word of God. And let all the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Romans 16 verse 5. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And after writing all that he had to write, he, he sent greetings. And so he says, Also give my greetings to the church that meets in their home go to verse 4 whose home was he referring to verse 3 he says give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. So what he said that I read was in reference to this couple, Priscilla and Aquila. Wife and husband. I'm sure that the woman was more involved than the husband was. And I want to say to wives and to all ladies especially if you are married don't let your husband sit on your ministry. 
And don't let your husband hinder you from doing the work of the ministry. And if there's something that God has laid on your heart to do, do not let your husband be the reason why you cannot do it. Your husband is your head. You are supposed to obey him. You are supposed to submit to him. But the highest authority in your life is God. And so the Bible says that the head of every woman or every wife is the husband. And the head of the husband is Christ. And the head of Christ is the Father. And so you must understand that nobody in your life should be able to hinder you and stop you from obeying God and doing what is laid on your heart believe God for wisdom if you are a woman married to a man who is unreasonable but if you are married to such a man who is not spiritual who is not happy that you are involved in the work of God believe God for wisdom so know how to maneuver don't openly fight him but believe God for wisdom but I won't lie to you there are times when you may actually have to defy your husband in order to be able to obey Christ but believe God for wisdom to know how to maneuver have I helped somebody today yeah and I know that what I'm saying is very important for for, for somebody who is listening to me today you used to be on fire for the Lord you, you used to be very much involved in the work of the ministry. But alas, you got married. And the man that you got married to, the man that you got married to, the man that you got married to, because of that man, I almost said that thing, but I changed my mind and I'm saying that man. Because of that person, everything that has to do with serving God, you know, being, being active in the house of God, helping to win souls, establishing them in the house of God, that thing has died. Because of that man. Man. <laughs> I pray that God will help you to rediscover yourself again. Amen. Because he is not going to accept any excuse that the man that you gave to me is the reason why I couldn't do a lot for you anymore. And we will stand before God as individuals. Yeah, we were married. But when names are being called, they will not call Mr. and Mrs. Bedemoshi. They will call you separately. Elizabeth Bedemoshi, then you come. And then Joseph Bedemoshi, then you also come. And everybody will be sorted out individually. Nobody will answer some for you. And that is why what I'm saying to you, you must take it very seriously. And don't let anybody be a stumbling block to you in obeying what God has called you to do. It is all because of Priscilla and Aquila. That my talking has come plenty like that. Because Priscilla was mentioned before Aquila. Normally you would expect that Aquila would be mentioned before Priscilla. But I believe that Priscilla was more active. Maybe she was choleric. 
And then Aquila was very phlegmatic. Choleric people are people who are able to push and drive to get a lot of things done. And then phlegmatic people are quite slow and laid back. That is why the word that is used to describe them is that word that is used to describe that thing that comes from your nose when you have a cold. That thing is called phlegm. <laughs> and you know the way it is. It oh, comes so it's very slow. What is chinchai in English? Slimy. Hey, I'm not what you how. Slimy. Yeah, so that's what it is. So there are people who are like that. And it's interesting. But often you will see that choleric people end up marrying phlegmatic people. And they get frustrated by them sometimes. But they are the ones they love. Because they say unlike poles attract. But like poles repel. So Priscilla and Aquila. Paul extends greetings to them. Paul Now jump to verse 5. Which was what we were looking at before. He said, Give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. He said, Extend my greetings to the church that meets where? In their home. Whose home? Priscilla and Aquila. So there was a church that met in their home. And Paul recognized it. And saw it as something very important. So in sending greetings to them, he also remembered the church that meets in their home. Then it goes on, greet my dear friend Epinetus. Or Epe. Alright? And then it goes on and on and on. Now, I have more scriptures. Because I said I'm teaching you the word of God. 1 Corinthians 16, 19. It says, The churches here in the province of Asia send greetings in the Lord. As do Aquila and Priscilla and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. Colossians chapter 4 verse 15. Colossians 4 15. Please give my greetings to our brothers and sisters at Laodicea. And to Nympha. And the church that meets in her house. And the church that meets in her house. Last scripture, Philemon chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Philemon chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. This letter is from Paul. You were right. I don't know why you are confused. Philemon, this letter is from Paul. A prisoner for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus. And from our brother Timothy. I am writing to Philemon. Our beloved co-worker. Verse number two. And to our sister. Ephia. And to our fellow soldier Akipos or Achi. And to the church that meets in your house. 
Philemon had a church that met in his house. And to the church that meets in your house. So the letter was written to Philemon. And Paul noted that there is a church that met in Philemon's house. All these scriptures that I've shared with you are showing us something very important. That there was a larger gathering of people in public places called church. But there were also smaller gatherings of people in homes. And that was also called church. So church is not just the large gathering of people. But as a matter of fact, where two or three are gathered in his name, that is also church. Yes. And I need you to have a deep understanding and a mind change about what church is. Otherwise, you may not take certain things seriously. You may not take certain meetings seriously. And what I'm drawing your attention to is that there was church that was a large gathering of people and they met in public places but then there was also church that took place in people's homes which did not involve a lot of people but it was still seen as church now there is a name that is given to church that meets in people's homes and most people are accustomed to calling church that meets in people's homes home sale. And so if you like a home sale is church in the home. A home sale is church in the home. And we can see from the example of the early church that it was something that happened regularly and consistently. And I want to submit to you today that it must have been one of the reasons why the church multiplied and flourished so greatly. That home sales or churches in the homes actually helped the church to grow and to greatly multiply. As a matter of fact, many of the large churches in the world today if you study them, you will discover that many of them run a home cell church system. They run a home cell church system or a home cell based church. One of the best examples of churches like that is the Yoido full gospel church in South Korea founded by David Yonggicho once upon a time it was the largest church in the world and he thought that one of the secrets of the strategies to the church growth that he experienced was the home cell system that he was running. And it's a biblical strategy for fruitfulness. We see it with other churches like the redeemed church of God. Winners Chapel has Chapel and if you go to South America and Latin America where now we have 
that some of the largest churches in the world, you would discover amongst many of them that they run a home sale system. And if you speak to the pastors and to the leaders of these movements, they would explain to you that number one, it is by the grace of God. But one of the other reasons for the growth and the multiplication they are experiencing is the home sales system that they are running. Now, Ubisa so for no make us say, "Enemy, me adu sene ye ye." Nenso di atosu biemu. Eko abako e fasu mo ama sorry ni nini ye pane say. Om di home sale ye aso asori ye ye ni fie fie mu. Eje juma pa. And God wants us to look at good examples and learn from them. Nenyabe pesi ye shesha shesha so di apapa ni usuye firu mo ho. And that is why for us as a church under the Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family, I want us to believe in this biblical strategy of fruitfulness and I want each and every one of us to embrace it. And as the opportunity presents itself for you to be a part of a home cell, I want you to jump for it because right there is a secret to your fruitfulness in the service of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so under the Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family, what is a home sale? Home sale, Let me quickly explain to you what we are trying to do. And so it's a, a home cell is a small group of church members. Not more than 12 in number. So it's a small group of church members. Not more than 12 in number. Who live in the same area. Or around the same area. That's what our home cell is. Now this home cell will meet in the home of one of the members. Or if maybe there's a neighbor who is willing to give his place for the home cell meeting to take place that is fine but the home cell meeting takes place in the home usually of one of the members but a home cell meeting can also take place at any location apart from somebody's home especially if maybe the home where maybe you know we cannot find a home that uh, that that is a certain way that can be able to take people now if you have a situation like that you may look for a place around it may be a shed it may be a veranda somewhere it may be a classroom it may be in front of a, a welder shop whatever there's space where you can put chairs and people can gather that one also is a home sale. but the idea is that you are not having to go very far in order to have this meeting. It is close to where you live. It is close to your home. And that's why we choose to call it a home sale. Hallelujah. Amen. What is the purpose of the home sale? Three main things. To study the word of God. To fellowship and bond with one another. And then this is the one that I want to take, I want you to take note of. Which is the key critical reason for it. It is to win souls and establish them in the house of God. These are the three basic purposes for the home cell. To share the word of God. To fellowship and bond with one another. And ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to bond with one another. God wants brotherly love to continue amongst us. God wants us to have a good flow with one another. Because we are part of the same family. And we are supposed to be able to flow well with one another. We are not supposed to be at loggerheads with each other. 
There's not supposed to be a situation where you don't talk to this person, you don't get on well with this person, you don't want to see this person's face. There's everything wrong with that attitude. And I believe that the home cell helps us to bond well and to fellowship with one another. But one of the main reasons, if not the main reason for the home cell is for the winning of souls and for the establishment of those souls in the house of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And you see, thank God for crusades. Thank God for the big programs that we hold sometimes. But the truth of the matter is that the retention rate of the souls from these activities is usually not great. However, if the evangelism is home-based, that is, if each and every one of us will begin to be effective witnesses of Jesus Christ close to where we live, what will happen is this. It means that when you win a soul, the soul is close to where you yes, live. Following up the person is easy to do. You don't have to travel far to see the person. And you can actually keep an eye on the soul that you have won. Because remember that the instruction is to bear fruits and your fruit should remain. It's not about winning the souls only. But it's also about making sure that the soul of the fruit remains. If the souls you win are close to where you lay, it is easier to follow them up, to visit them, and to get them established. And you establish them by joining them or inviting them to the home cell meeting and then you also rally them and you bring them to church and so it's easier to retain the souls when such a system is being run that is the wisdom behind the strategy and that is the main purpose of the home cell meeting and so a family in church can constitute a home cell so if we have any family in church they can make up a home cell they can form the nucleus of the home cell and then now they are supposed to begin to work in the area where they are to talk to people about Jesus. To invite them to give their hearts to Jesus. And then to invite them to your home for a home cell meeting. And then also to rally them and to bring them to church anytime you are coming to And I tell you, if we can do this, then each and every one of us can be fruitful where we are. You don't have to travel far to be fruitful. But right where you live in your area, you can begin to bear a lot of fruit. Now, if you are members of the church and you live in the same area, you are not a family in that sense. But you can come together and then start a home cell made up of those of you who live in that area. You find one of the homes of your of, 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 of the members and you meet there for the home cell meeting. And usually with the home cell meeting, you should choose a day that is most convenient for everybody. Now, home cell meetings or for most people. Because sometimes you will not find a day that works for everybody. 
But based on the majority, you can settle on a day and a time that works for you. And you meet for just one hour. 10 minutes to pray. 10 minutes to worship. 30 minutes to share the word of God. And what you're doing, uh, the word of God, we give you material to share. And it's a Bible study and discussion. It is not a time for preaching and laying on of hands. Because there are some people, when you give them this opportunity, they want to turn the home cell meeting into a deliverance camp. That's not the purpose of it. 30 minutes to study the word of God through Bible study and discussion. And you don't have to worry about what to share. Because we have material available. So there's a home cell leader. One person is chosen as the home cell leader. And he is the one or she is the one who guides and directs what goes on. But he involves everybody else to contribute. You ask questions. During the home cell meeting, you can actually ask questions. Which you cannot do during a church service like this. Because I'm not likely to mind you. If when I'm preaching, you lift up your hand and say, 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 I'm not say. And that's not the time for it. Usually, if you have any questions, after the church service, you can come and ask. But the beautiful thing about the home sales is that during the home cell meeting, if you have questions, you can actually ask them. And it helps people to develop in their knowledge of God and of the things of God. 30 minutes to have the Bible study. 5 minutes for altar call. And then 5 minutes to share the benediction. Prayer and be- closing prayer and benediction. That's just one hour. But within that one hour, so much can be done. At least once every month, I will encourage home cells to have a time of breaking bread together. Some small granuts, some small chips, some small sobolo. Once in a while, you can take communion together because it's been realized that when we eat together, we tend to bond better. I'm not asking you to go and buy KFC, I'm not asking you to go to Chicken Inn. Neither have I sent you to where? Where else do you buy food? Eh? I have not sent you to Agbamami to go and organize Banku and Okru. No. <laughs> Bananas can work. Granuts can work. A little sobolo. It's easy to organize those things. And at least once a month, the home cell should have breaking of bread. You can even encourage everybody to bring something to share. But it helps with the bonding. And that is what the home cell is about. And let me say this as I close. This thing that I'm sharing with you, it is something that all of us can be involved in. If you put your mind to it, and if you decide to do it, and you decide to be a part of it, never forget that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And I'm giving you an opportunity to become fruitful in your knowledge and in your service of the Lord Jesus Christ. A day will come when you will thank me for it. When you begin to see that God has used you to win and establish so many souls in his house. 
It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your educational background. It doesn't even matter what your challenges and struggles are. If God can use anything, He can use you. If God can use anything, and He can use you, and I'm glad to announce to you today that God is looking for you to use you to bear a lot of fruits in Hallelujah. Amen. I have taken my time to share these things with you. Because we've started running this home cell system in the church. And we are going to be contacting you if you have not already been contacted. To avail yourself for this great work. There are other things to be shared with you. But as we move along, we'll have an opportunity to look at them. But I want you to take this message that I've shared with you very seriously. Take it that God is speaking to you through me. Trying to show you how you can fulfill his mandate on your life to bear fruits and for your fruits to remain. I want you to receive a lot of crowns when you stand before the Lord. And I want Jesus to be happy with us when we stand before him. And he can be happy with us if we take that commission that is committed unto us very seriously. I want you to decide to give yourself to make sacrifices to sacrifice your home if you try to keep your life you will lose it it is true that many of us want to keep our privacy and we may not be comfortable with the idea of inviting people to our homes but I want you to understand that everything that you have God gave it to you and if God gave it to you he has a right to call on you to use that thing that he gave to you to feather his kingdom there is nothing that you have that you found by your own self. Every good gift comes from above. And so don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't think that your house is too whatever so you cannot use it for This is somebody's house. But a church is taking meeting here. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes, yeah, so it should be possible for you to be involved in this home cell vision. And those of you who are watching me today, you can also be a part of it. You can actually have a home cell where you live. Even if you cannot come to church every Sunday. You can start a home cell. On Sundays, gather the members of the cell and watch the service. And if it's possible, once a month, rally the people and come for a communion service here. Once a month. Why not? Why not? It is possible. It can be done. And yes, we will. Rise to your feet and let us Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for today. And thank you for what your spirit has said to us. I have shared your word with your people. And now let your Holy Spirit give them a deeper understanding. Let this word drive your people to give and surrender themselves and surrender everything that they have for the service of the Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that a spirit of conviction will grip the hearts of everyone. Those present physically here and those watching online. And as we commit ourselves to this home salvation, I pray, may we bear fruits and greatly multiply and flourish as a church to the glory of your name. 
Thank you, Father, that through our obedience, many lives are going to be impacted and many people will find Jesus as Lord and Savior over their lives. I thank you, Father, today in Jesus' mighty name. And as every head is bowed, every eye closed. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is the time to pray to surrender your life to him. If you are watching, you can also pray this prayer. And I want every one of us to pray together and say, Heavenly Father, today, I come to you just as I am just as I am I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior from today he's my Lord he's my Savior I will live for him I give my all to him oh God please cleanse me from all my sins and make me brand new use me for your glory in Jesus mighty name and let everybody say Amen Amen Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.